Today on Season 4, Episode 8 of the Unknown Packers Podcast, Bryce, Ken, and I sit down to talk a little OTAs and a lot of Aaron Rodgers. The Packers quarterback has decided to sit out OTAs for the first time in his 16-year career. With so many stories floating around, we give you our take on the matter. What does this mean for the Packers? What does this mean for Aaron's pocketbook? What does this mean for Jordan Love? Listen in and find out. And now it's time for OT Hey on tap. so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. Touchdown! Dagger! Al Harris, 56 yards to a game-winning touchdown! Green Bay Packers! Go Pack! Go! Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. Unknown Packers podcast. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. And let me tell you this, Green Bay is a great town. And welcome to the Unknown Packers Podcast. For you heard it, OT Hey on tap. What do you say Packers OTAs are, as of right now, on for the Phase 3 portion of this offseason right now? The program started with Phase 1 consisting of virtual meetings, but no on-the-field drills from April 19th through May 14th. Phase two, consisting of virtual meetings and on-the-field drills at a teaching pace, was last week. And now, phase three, consisting of a maximum of 10 OTA practices, full speed but non-contact. The mandatory minicamp and either in-person or virtual meetings runs through June 18th. You get a little snapshot of the calendar. And I am not flying solo for this episode. I am with Ken Ingles and Neebles. Not one, but two. Of my other brothers from another mother, how are you, how are you all doing this fine evening? Doing swell, Bryce. How about you? Can't complain. I'm 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 excited for this episode. We got a, it was a, we did a little preheat last week talking about Aaron Rodgers, and uh, this episode. I mean, we joked about it last week where it should have been Aaron Rodgers on tap instead. It was minicamp <laughs> on tap last week, but we will be dedicating most of this episode to OTAs as well as. Aaron Rodgers, who was not in person at Lambeau Field for the first OTAs that began on Monday. Ken, what are your thoughts of Aaron Rodgers? I mean, we all knew this was going to happen, but what are your thoughts now that it's official? Yeah, um, I think I think the best way to put it, Aaron Rodgers not showing up to OTAs, it's, it's expected. Like at this point, I didn't expect him to be there and participating. But at the same time, it's also a story, right? It is newsworthy. This just, it's, he hasn't been, from all accounts, he has not been a participant so far in the quote-unquote voluntary part of the off-season workout schedule. But the OTAs get that extra gravitas, right? Because that's when it it looks and feels most like football. The reporters are there on the sideline, the media, giving us the play-by-play, right? It's the closest thing to football that we've, had really since we've watched the Packers in January and not seeing not seeing the captain the MVP or fearless leader on the field is um it's troublesome to say the least right yeah especially since he's been a regular participant in the offseason program and OTAs throughout his career I mean he didn't participate in phase one and uh, didn't participate in phase two and we decided 
to talk a little bit more about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the three of us got together for the first time in person, so I wasn't. We weren't being catfished by Ken Engels. He's a he's a real <laughs> live person. So it was uh, it was great to hang out with uh, myself, Ken, and Nebels, and we started talking about Aaron Rodgers, and a lot of it was based off of last week's episode where I talked about my precarious situation of working in professional sports, wanting to be respected, but at the same time. We also have a Packers podcast, and I do want to re-clarify that just because it's not coming from me and we have topics of conversation or opinions on the Unknown Packers podcast regarding Aaron Rodgers or any other type of athlete or star for this Green Bay Packers team, we'll always just be, I guess, sort of objective and, and, and respectful. That's what I was trying to emphasize last week because it might have sounded weird that I was like, not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers, but... Nebels talk about Aaron Rodgers, and I'll just listen, even though it's still under the brand of the Unknown Packers podcast. We're going to talk about it, but we want to provide news and just provide honest, sort of stable takes. But with that being said, we're going to dedicate this episode to Aaron Rodgers talking about what this all entails. The first thing that popped up in my head was um, what we talked about last Saturday when we all got together, and Nebels even mentioned that we could even just plop down a a microphone and recorded that session. But Ken, you talked about all the three phases and also the salary cap implications and what Ro- uh, what Rodgers is foregoing right now and what the team could levy against him moving forward. Could you break that down again, what you enlightened uh, myself and Nebels and what we can share with our fan base right now? Yeah, sure. So the biggest thing that kind of jumped out to me when we were chatting on Saturday is that I was shocked at that point that the media had not picked up that Aaron Rodgers has officially foregone half a million dollars of his contract. They're in his contract, and he's had this for as many years, really, that he's been the starter. He has money into his contract that gives him a bonus for showing up to these voluntary um, off-season workouts. This is something that Andrew Brandt specifically, when he was – when he was running the show from a contracts perspective up in Green Bay, intentionally put into Packer veteran contracts to get these guys to show up during OTAs and the, these workouts. Problem is, is you actually have to be there and participate. And Rogers is under the old CBA where you had to be there eighty five percent of the time, um, and that's what's in his contract. And I know everyone is pointing towards OTAs, like we talked about, right? Because that's the that's the start of kind of when the media focus really is on the team starting this week of May 24th. However, this runs back. These workouts started all the way back in April 19th and he hasn't been there and he can, you know, like I said, he could had to participate in 85% of these workouts. There's four of them a day or sorry, four a week. For eight weeks, there's 32 practices. If you do the math, that means he can miss four days or like basically one week. And he's already missed five. So what that means is he doesn't get that $500,000. And I know some will say Aaron Rodgers is making, you know, 20 something million dollars a year. $500,000 isn't a lot of money. I don't care who you are. Half a million dollars is still half a million dollars. And people who are in the position to be lucky enough to you know, have fabulous wealth, continue to be in that position by not turning down simple opportunities like 
showing up to practice to get another half a million dollars, mm. right? So if anything, at this point, this tells you that Aaron Rodgers means business. As of Saturday, this really, when we first kind of spoke and sat down and talked about this, this wasn't in the media. I've been aware of it for a while. I've been talking about it. I'm like, he's going to miss this money. But then I believe Rob Namoski, you know, highlighted it on May 24th in a story that he's now missed the requisite number of practices. And so now that's starting to get a little bit more attention. But so right now, yeah, half a million dollars and the Packers won't even get that benefit until next year. So they won't pay them and they'll get a credit next year for that money. So they, the Packers still have to like on their salary cap, still hold that $500,000 and account for it, which sucks because they can use all the help they can get this year. It'll be interesting too, looking at June 8th through the 10th, where that that's the team's mandatory mini camp. And if Rodgers were to skip that event, the team could begin starting to levy fines against him that could total $96,000 should he report to any of those three days. Now, with that being said, I'm wondering, Ken, should we start to get worried. So when the news, the bombshell of of Rodgers and the rift between the Packers dropped uh, on draft day, while I was concerned, I also thought that maybe this was getting blown out of proportion. Now it, it's real. The Packers have dug in and they have said so far that they're not trading Rodgers. And Rodgers has also dug in and said, well, I, I have no interest playing for Green Bay. He spoke about that to a few people in the organization. When do us as fans start to get more concerned about this being a, even more of a reality? Like him missing OTAs, okay. But when do we start to sweat a little bit that we might have already seen the last of Aaron Rodgers in a Green Bay Packers uniform? Well, I think you mentioned it. So through all the rest of OTAs, there really isn't much more that the Packers can do financially for Aaron Rodgers to penalize them or withhold you know money that could be you know due to him. The next checkpoint, I guess, says, if you will, is minicamp. Mm-hmm. There's three days, June 8th through the 10th. They're progressively more expensive fines. It's just over 90, what, $93,000. And the team could choose not to fine him. That is a team choice still. Um, I'd be curious to see what happens there. I could think of multiple different scenarios. Okay, if they choose to find them or if they don't, what that really means. You know, you can write stories on that and talk about that just in itself. But really, once we get to training camp, that's when things start to get expensive. In the new CBA, um, the team has to mandatory fine him $50,000 per day that he's gone. Um, that's new. That uh, didn't used to be a in the CBA, in the past, you'd hear about holdouts all the time where a player would get fined by the team. And then eventually they would get an extension or the player and the team would, you know, somehow agree to terms and the player would come back. Right. And you would always hear, oh, the team forgave like the million dollars with the fines and there's no big deal. Now it is written in stone and it's like super clarified that the team cannot in any way pay this money to the player or pay it back. So they have to withhold salary. They have to withhold bonus. They have to do whatever. So the first five days of training camp, so the first week, that's a quarter of a million dollars. You know, that's talking big money. Once we get into week two, now this is the this is the date that I kind of have circled. It'd be the sixth day of training camp. At that point, 
the Packers can start going after part of his original signing bonus that he signed, what, three years ago mm-hmm. uh, when he had his big extension. Right. They can go, so they can start collecting up to $11.5 million of that signing bonus for him not showing up. And then he just got a $6.8 million roster bonus uh, back in March, which was a topic of a lot of conversation about why didn't the team convert that into a signing bonus, what have you. We talked about it a lot. They can go after a third of that, so $2.26 million. They can start collecting that. So on the sixth day of training camp, they could go after and get $1.7 million of his signing bonus and 340000 of his roster bonus. So 15% of those numbers I said earlier. Do you think it is, gets to might, that point, though? I don't know. And that that's where that's where the big you know tipping point is. That's the big conversation piece is that the team isn't required to go after that, but they could. And if they do, what does that mean? Right? And that's really what Rodgers has to risk through this whole thing. So the <laughs> The, the you know he's got two million dollars at risk of fine mandatory fines if he just doesn't come to like it depends on how long training camp is it can be between like 30 and 40 days but let's assume it's a 40 day training camp I don't, I don't know we don't have that schedule yet that's two million dollars that they have to collect and then it gets <laughs> these things start adding up so after day six to day 16, they can do another 1%. So now they're at 25% of those numbers. Then you get to the regular season, they can pop them with another 25%. And he's missing game checks. And then once you get to week five to the rest of the year, they can recollect all that money, all that signing bonus, and not pay him if he chooses to sit out that whole time. Rodgers has over $31 million at risk this season. So we're only at the tip of the iceberg right now. You know, we're talking about off-season workouts and not getting that 500000 But that 500000 is just, like I said, the tip of the iceberg for what truly lies beneath and what this could become. And so that's a really long way of answering, you know, when do we start getting nervous? Is if Rodgers sits out, you know, a week in a training camp and starts getting to the point where the team can start going after past money. That's when this can get really ugly. That's when we should start really worrying what's happening between the Packers and the MVP quarterback. Is there an opportunity to reconcile, or is this going to be a long, bloody, drawn-out fight? I'm I'm sort of at a loss for words because we talked about it last week and we were preparing for OTAs. I was under the assumption that he would show up just because he really yeah well i mean just because he hasn't missed in the past and the more i thought about it the more we got closer uh to monday the more it makes sense it's like wow like all these stories i mean even rob domofsky was on espn you know breaking this or covering this and saying that like for those out there that don't believe that there's a rift going on uh what more do you need to see uh you know i'm paraphrasing obviously but mm-hmm. uh that sort of shook me at my core a little bit. It's not that I denied the fact that there was a rift. I just thought that he'd be, I don't know. I've got a weird feeling in my stomach now, and I've been sort of eager to see what Jordan Love can do. 
I, there's part of me that is sort of got one foot in on on one side and one foot on the other side. I I don't know where I stand right now. See, I'm I'm not as surprised that he's not at uh, at OTAs because for one, I had mentioned before that I know the NFLPA was advising a lot of its folks not to go to these workouts, and then also uh, Rogers was very verbal about wanting the off-season workouts to be all virtual up until I don't, I don't remember what what date. So he was kind of against the whole voluntary off-season workouts very verbally. So, mm-hmm. you know, if it wasn't for the whole money factor, you know, I, I wasn't all that shocked that he didn't show up, to be quite honest. Even though that this is the first time that he has ever missed? Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, because he was so verbal about, you know, being against these these in-person workouts now. I mean, it's it just like I said, I read that and I'm like, well, that doesn't, doesn't shock me all that much. I mean, yeah, he hasn't missed any of them, but you know, at the same time, if you're if you're that avid that you don't want, to, you know, you, you want the NFL to go a different direction and, and not participate in offseason workouts, you know, outside of a, a, a virtual level, then, hey, one of the biggest stars is going to sit out. What is that going to tell the rest of the league? Right. Right. Interesting. Yeah. You know, to your point about, you know, what, what Rob was sharing on, um, on ESPN about, you know, to those who think that this isn't real, you know, it, it's real. Mm-hmm. The original report was Rodgers doesn't want to be a Green Bay Packer anymore. Not that he's just upset that Jordan Love exists or he wants more money. It was he is so just done with the organization for multitudes of reasons, right? Whether it's letting his favorite receivers go, whether or not involving him in decisions or heads up on things, decisions for joint practices, input on who the new head coach would be, various things, right, that have led to this point. The report was he doesn't want to be a Packer anymore. Mm -hmm. So until the Packers and Rodgers can get to a point where they can mend that bridge, I don't see him showing up to off-season workouts or the mandatory mandatory minicamp, and we'll see. We'll see where this goes, but... I'm excited, you know, I'm with you, Bryce, that I'm excited to watch OTAs, excited to see specifically what Jordan Love can do. Mm-hmm. Hell, this is two years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we didn't get OTAs last right. year. We didn't we didn't get this. We we're still trying to figure out, you know, how to how to negotiate ourselves as humans in this pandemic. Okay. And, you know, football was just this thing in the background that we were all trying to figure out. And I'm I'm excited for so much storylines that could be happening, you know, on the field in Green Bay, even outside of Rodgers, but and in Jordan Love. But man, those are sure going to grab the headlines tomorrow. Do we know who even showed up for OTAs? I mean, I know that that uh, Kenny Clark and Zadarius were there just because he posted right. a, a picture on Instagram. But outside of that, I mean, I'll admit I haven't been reading you know, too much into it today. But uh, who all has shown up? Is it a, is it a full crew? Are there a lot of guys missing? Or you guys know? I'm sure it'll we'll we'll get the full attendance uh, tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, on or Tuesday, I should say, as of when we're recording this. Because when Kenny when took that the, picture, the locker room was pretty darn empty. <laughs> yeah, sure was, sure was. Yeah, it was uh, Kenny taking the picture on Zadarius's phone, and then there was another guy in the background, but he couldn't make out who that was. Okay, so there's at least three. But no, uh, joking aside, I know like last week we saw footage of, I believe it was AJ Dillon or Chris Barnes. I forget which one of them was picking up Jordan Love from the airport. Yeah. Okay. I think it was, I think it was, I think it was Dillon. Dillon. Yeah. Yeah. And 
you know, there's like a little TikTok video of that. Players have been in town. So they're not just showing up this week. They've been in sure. town for for a few weeks now for this um kind of ramping up to this to this OTA period. I, but I'm sure we will get the the full report card. And from what, you know, in years past, Packers have one of the highest participation rates. Because think about it, the young guys, they want to get they want to show their coaches what they can do. Um, whether they're high draft picks or whether they're you know undrafted guys or guys going in their second year, you know they they want to show up and they want to prove what they what they can do, right? So they don't want to be the guy who didn't show up while someone else who did is taking their job. And like I mentioned earlier, all the veterans have financial incentive to show up, and it's really easy because most of these guys are going to be working out anyways. So you you might as well come to Green Bay and work out and you know pocket another quarter of a million dollars while you, while you're at it. Well, I think this is a perfect time to take a quick commercial break and we'll come back in the second half. Still talking about OTAs, Aaron Rodgers, we got a, a fan question. I got to fill in the blank for you question as well, but we'll be right back right after this. Go Pack Go. This episode is brought to you by Sonic Transformation. Check us out at www.sonictransformation.com. Sonic Transformation. Your sound refined. Go, Pat, go! And we are back for the second half of OT Hey on tap. And we're still going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. And there are a couple thoughts that popped into my head when we were talking about this in the first half. One is legacy. Now, with what's going on with Rodgers, I mean, you're right, Ken. Like, they're where he talks about how he doesn't want to be a Green Bay Packer. Rob Domofsky, uh said it on ESPN on Monday, talking about how his rift is with actually general manager Brian Gutekunst. Uh, for me, it sort of it, it shook me a little bit because it was the first audio like from Domofsky, like breaking this. It wasn't something that I read. So I start thinking about legacy in terms of Aaron Rodgers, and Andrew Brandt also has a newsletter, and he had released talking about what the Packers had experienced with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers experiencing or or witnessing that. And Andrew Brandt had an interesting quote where he said that knowing Aaron Rodgers, he's smart, he's calculating, and he's been, quote, to, to put people on blast where he freezes them out. This is from Andrew Brandt uh, in his uh, newsletter. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that in terms of is this would this be a freeze out? And how does this impact his legacy? I don't know if it, it can if it can be a you know quote unquote true freeze out. From reportedly, it's kind of in his nature. You know, if you've slighted Rogers in any way in the past, he's tends to you know, hold grudges. Let's just say that. But man, like he can't trade himself. You know, to, to quote Andrew Brandt again, that's one of his go to lines. Rodgers can't trade himself. So if he wants to, if, if his end game in this, and we really don't know because we haven't heard from the man himself, but if his end game is, I want to go play to one of these four or five teams, which all tend to be on the West Coast, it seems like the Packers need to do that. He can't execute that trade himself. So he's he can't do a, a true freeze out, right? He has to be a professional, and work with the team to figure out what's in the best interest of Aaron Rodgers, what's in the best interest of the Green Bay Packers, 
And if there cannot be a middle ground found, then they're going to have to work together on what the next steps are going to be. Aaron Rodgers really doesn't have a lot of say in where he will be playing next year. The Green Bay Packers hold that entire power. If they want to trade him, they can trade him. Rodgers doesn't have a no trade clause. If they say we're not going to trade you, it's done. Then his choices become either I play or I retire or I hold out the entire year, which none of those, none of those to me say Aaron Rodgers. Because in addition to what you're talking about with his mentality and quote unquote putting people on blast and freezing them out, he's also one of the biggest competitors that Mm -hmm. I've ever seen. Right. And I don't think he will allow himself to hang it up based off of someone else's decision. That That's just where my gut is right now. Yeah, I don't, I mean, if that's the case, then like why, I don't know. Part of me just it feels like this is bigger than what, yeah, he missed OTAs and that was expected, but part of me just makes it, 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 it feels realer in my opinion, for lack of a better term. And mm-hmm. I've got this just weird pit in my stomach, or weird feeling in my stomach about this and I feel like in terms of legacy of Aaron Rodgers is this what he wanted to occur in terms of telling people in the organization that he was done playing for the Green Bay Packers it was reported that he also talked to various teammates as well we talked about this on Saturday as well like what was his plan is this his plan all along he's just going to wait and then he's going to show up for training camp me personally and again, this is not any insider information. This is just speculative and kind of putting together a few things you know, here and there. I think Aaron Rodgers wanted to be traded before the draft. I think, and that I think he and the Packers have been talking for months. That's been confirmed by Mark Murphy in his Murphy Takes Five mm-hmm. article that he does every single month. Yep. He confirmed that for months, the Packers and Rodgers have been working on this rift, whatever it is. We've heard Goodwin's talk about it. We've heard the floor talk about it. It's real. It's a real thing. I think going into the draft, Rodgers was like, okay, I need to, you know, I think he and his agent maybe floated something out to, San Francisco or to Denver or whoever, you know, the, the teams on the list be like, Hey, you should call green Bay and just tell them that you're very interested and see what they say. I think he was trying to get his way out. And now the Packers were like, that's not going to happen. We're not going to trade you. We want you to be the quarterback of for this team this, this year. We'll see about next year, 2022. And then the story kind of got out. It blew up. Mm-hmm. I think Schefter and his accumulation of information tweet that will go down in infamy. <laughs> I think it was an accumulation of information. Yeah. Those in the know have been hearing for a while that Rogers and the team have, haven't been on too friendly of terms. And Rogers was talking about how his future is a beautiful mystery and who knows where the future will be. I, I think all of that kind of came to a head and it got out. 
And there wasn't anyone who called Schefter like a normal right. report says, hey, I just got this information at noon on Thursday, the day of the draft. You need to hit go with it now. I think the risk was from ESPN's perspective was, hey, someone else is going to get this story. So we have to get the story. Went with it. Going on all the information that they've had. And then he kind of backtracked a little bit saying, you know, okay, there wasn't someone who told me. But I think that's where, you know, circling back, folks were like, oh, well, because Schefter kind of circled back a little bit, that means the story's totally fake. Right, and right. I, I couldn't disagree. I couldn't disagree more. I think the story was very real. It just wasn't, you know, what a lot of times what these reporters get is a source will tip them off and then shortly thereafter a, a story might be written. Mm-hmm. Um, this is multiple conversations, multiple stories, multiple tales, if you will, kind of leading up. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if Rogers and his camp were trying to figure out a way to maybe coerce a trade um, to kind of force the Packers' hands ahead of the draft. And the Packers just kind of balked at that and said, no, no deal. And now we're at where we're at, where both sides seem to be really dug in. So this is a perfect uh, little segue continuation. We had a fan question from Ali Murray uh, who had talked about if if the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, if they bo- if the Packers have known for quite some time that Aaron Rodgers was unhappy, uh, disgruntled with the organization, his question is why did they bring for rather than go through his exact tweet, what he what he was meaning was bringing the band back together and going all in. Why did the Packers do that if they knew that uh, they were sort of at odds with Aaron Rodgers or so that's the question, and I'm going to follow up with this is, do you think that the Green Bay Packers sort of not minimized uh, the severity of this, but do you think they thought that they could patch things up by the time May 24th rolled around and OTAs and training camp? I personally think that they brought the band back to- together. Just That's part of running a good team. I mean, you have a good team last year. Exactly. They got. They're not going to just say, "Well, Rogers is 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 going away. Let's fold up shop. Let's move out of Green Bay. We're done playing football." It's their job to put the best <laughs> team on the field, and they're familiar with these guys. Uh, they they know the level of talent of these guys. They know you know these guys are familiar with the team, the offense, the defense. You put you know you put together the best players you can. So you know as far as the whole minimizing it thing, I mean I I think they the Packers are they are probably freaking out internally because obviously who wouldn't want number twelve under center, but you know they're not gonna let us they're not gonna let us know that they're 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 freaking out you know what I mean they're just gonna kind of go we're gonna play a cool business as usual and and you know we're just gonna assume that Rodgers is is gonna be playing for us next year so yeah I mean I wouldn't I I, I, I as soon as I saw that question that's the first thing I thought of was yeah they're you know I think they're gonna bring those guys back regardless as to who's under center because that's you know, you just got to bring back the guys who are going to give you the best chance to win. And I think that the crew we had last year, obviously one game away from the Super Bowl, that's, you know, if you want to keep that that group together, you want to keep everybody cohesive and, you know, bring back who you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good point. They were a damn good team 2020. And finding a way to keep those guys for one last run, I think was kind of always the plan. I think when Jordan Love got drafted, the plan was... 2020, 2021 with Rodgers. If love is ready to go, we're going to pull the trigger in 2022, right? So I think that they 
designed this team and this roster a because they had really good players keep the you know keep the players back but to give you know rogers quote unquote one last shot at it right you know the last dance if you will going on a little bit more public or privately than i guess what it was public back you know when the bulls pulled that off knowing that they all they all went in knowing that the thing was going to get blown up mm-hmm. man this just it just feels that way where this is this is the last this is the last chance this is the last go at it with a lot of these guys that we know and love related to that though is kind of the issue of they had to do stuff with Preston with his contract and the other guys adding void years pushing money out because of the Rogers volatility they had a ton of opportunity to free up a ton of cap space with Aaron Rodgers. Had they did a restructure or some sort of extension, they didn't. And they didn't for two reasons. Um, one, which for me had been obvious all along, is the Packers are trying to keep their flexibility to be able to move on from him in the future a top priority. And he knows that. Now, number... Oh, yeah. he. Oh, yeah, and I'm sure it's leading to some of this mm-hmm. angst and anguish towards the team. And now number two becomes a little more obvious that all along leading up to the start of the new league year, when we're all focused on how do the Packers get under the cap, they're dealing with the fact that their quarterback is saying, I don't ever want to see you guys again, allegedly. And so in their minds, they can't push out the money because if he is traded or leaves, all that money they push out all of a sudden comes rushing back into the current cap year and now they've got twice as big of a problem. So they touched the contract of literally almost every single other veteran on the team besides, I believe, like Dean Lowry and I can't think of the other off the top of my head, to push money out into the future just so they could get under the cap and they didn't touch Rodgers. And the headlines at the time were, oh, the Packers aren't committing to Aaron Rodgers and they're looking to, to, to trade him. And... Yeah, that's true, but there's so much there's so much more that was going on in the background as well. This is fascinating stuff. I mean, I just you know, last week when it was myself and Nebels we talking about Rogers and talking about what we both thought in, in a respectful manner, the whole restructuring or the lack thereof with Rogers, I felt like was a, a tipping point. And when you're looking at OTAs uh, embarking and talking about Jordan Love, who this is where it allegedly all started, that the Packers traded up and drafted Jordan Love, and that's what we've, we've seen right now unfold. And the second point was what I'm really getting excited about when you're looking at OTAs is since Aaron Rodgers is not there, uh, we direct our attention to Jordan Love, who the Packers traded up uh, and selected in the first round last year, which led to uh, a lot of this malaise that uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are experiencing right now. What is your viewpoint right now of that quarterback room? Andrew Brandt even mentioned it too when the whole Favre situation, Aaron Rodgers got uh, QB1 snaps. Now we're seeing it 16 years later, and Jordan Love is starting to get QB1 snaps. How important is this right now, especially I mean, considering last year he got no sort of time with uh, COVID-19 pandemic training camp and virtual offseason and uh, no playing time on the field in the regular season. 
I mean, this is this is super important. I mean, this is uh, it, obviously this is not a great situation. You, you want to any chance you have to learn behind a quarterback like Rodgers, you know, that's what you want to take. But at the same time, it's it's kind of a great situation where he's being tossed in there with the ones he's running the first offense. And, you know, the coaching staff and, and media and whatnot, and everybody's going to finally see what we traded up to, to draft in, in Jordan Love. So, I mean, like I said, while it's a tough situation where you'd like him learning behind 12, I think that he needs to just make the best of this opportunity, you know, get that rapport going with the guys and just show everybody he can do. I mean, I have, I have the utmost faith in, in what we moved up to pick. And I, I just really can't wait to see what he does, you know, throughout the summer and uh, into the season. So, I mean, I think it's a it's a good spot for him personally to be in. Man, I think I think Jordan Love hit the freaking jackpot when it comes to a quarterback internship. Really, he, guy gets drafted in a COVID year where there's no on field practices. Everything's virtual. He hasn't even get a chance to meet his teammates until what training camp. Doesn't you know, some of the coaches haven't even met him face to face, and so he sits behind Aaron freaking Rodgers all of one year and with zero pressure to have any impact on game day and just sit there and be a a sponge and absorb knowing that he is a project type of quarterback. That's going to need an extra one or two years. Then in year two, your MVP quarterback decides to do a holdout. And so he, he gets all those reps. He gets to be the number one guy in camp, you know, assuming Blake Bortles doesn't beat him out. And yikes, it's, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that that's a whole nother topic of a conversation. <laughs> but this guy gets not only QB one reps, he gets QB one coaching. He gets that there's so much that's involved with being the guy at practice and at these camps more than just the number of, of reps that you get. And this guy from if you if you, you know, looking hindsight, knowing that you're drafting a prospect in a project at the quarterback position, not a guy who can come in and kind of step on the field day one as a rookie, like we've seen in some cases in the past with other, other teams, you know, what an opportunity. And he really, if, if he can't show development and show that he has what it takes during this time that Rogers is gone, then we start talking, then we can start, only at that point can we start bringing up the B word, hmm. uh, the bust word. Uh, there's been a lot of fans, divided, you know, divisive Packer fans who are wanting to call Love a bad pick from the get-go or a bust or he'll never turn out to anything. We don't know anything yet. And now is the time for him to, to really prove that he, that he belongs and he can really be the guy and take over. And this is one hell of an opportunity. I never got, I never understand that when people will just like, overtly bash a Packers player. I just, even even back with Favre and Rodgers, I, and I loved Favre, and I was super upset that Thompson was going to go with Rodgers. I remember throwing a temper tantrum and freaking out, but I never wanted any sort of ill will or, or Rodgers to fail. It actually made me more excited about Rodgers. Like, okay, what do the Packers see in, in Rodgers that we don't? And right now I like I have that same feeling with love like I don't understand how fans can already be bashing uh Jordan Love. I, I don't know how you cannot be excited for the guy and 
these OTAs in this training camp right now, he is clear. He is the number one guy to keep keep an eye on in, in his development. Uh, I've in the back of my mind, I've I've sort of wondered if with the selection of Jordan Love, obviously where we're at right now with Rodgers, is is it the fact that maybe Jordan Love is really good and we just haven't seen that yet? Maybe internally they've seen some flashes. You know, there are a lot of murmurs and rumblings of how great Rodgers was and we didn't have an opportunity to see that because Favre was still at the helm at the QB1 spot. That's something that I'm really excited to see. I, we've seen a couple clips in the offseason of of Love thrown at, I think, like a, either a high school or, or a college football field. And his throwing arm, his mechanics, they do look different. His release looks crisper. Take that for what you will, like with whatever you want to break that down with. But for me personally, I don't know. I already see an evolution with him. Coach LaFleur, Nathaniel Hackett, Luke Getze. Uh, you've got a lot of playmakers. Uh, I think you hit it right on the head. Ken, that this is uh, an opportunity for for Jordan Love really to prove that he uh, was the right selection in last year's draft. With that, I have a fill in the blank for you all before we wrap up, but I want to make sure we aren't leaving any sort of Aaron Rodgers talk uh, 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 on the wayside before we wrap up this episode. No, I think I think you know between last week uh, the episode you you two fine gentlemen put out um, and. Circling back again today in our conversation we had on on Saturday, I think we hit it, man. Mm-hmm. I think we hit it. I'll just say this: I think the story's just beginning. I don't think we're gonna have an end anytime soon. And so, if you thought the coverage has been <laughs> constant and insufferable so far, uh, buckle up because I think there's gonna be a lot more of a rocky road between now and whatever the resolution is. This week is where I finally have come to terms with like, okay, this is a lot bigger than I had previously thought. I, I, I personally, I knew that things weren't good, but, you know, seeing that video uh, pop up about him in Hawaii and all this stuff, I'm like, oh man, like he's having a blast right now. Packers are getting ready for the 21-22 season. Something that just doesn't feel right. And where there's smoke, there's fire, as Neville said. But as we wrap up, OT Hay on tap. I have a fill in the blank for you. The Packers released cornerback Kavare Russell, who spent most of last season on the practice squad but appeared in one regular season game and both playoff games. He was actually ahead of Josh Jackson and Kadar Holman on the death chart. Now, with the release, what are your thoughts on Russell being released? Uh, th- <laughs> I don't really have any thoughts, to be honest. I mean, it's it's like one of those those names that I saw that he got released. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that, you know, that's a bummer for him. But I had no sort of, you know, I wasn't all that familiar with him. I wasn't uh, I wasn't attached to him any any sort of way. It's always a bummer when you know uh, a, a kid gets cut loose. But I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> the roster spot doesn't uh, sort of make you pause. Not really. No, it's just so early. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a number of transactions that go that go on between now and training camp and the beginning of the season. So, yeah, cutting a guy like this, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't do anything for me. Maybe I'm off my rocker and just not thinking about it the right way. But it's, yeah, it's kind of one of those things that, all right, that's the business. Who's next man up? Ken, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are, you know, somewhat similar in the fact that, you know, it's, 
the bottom of the roster, Gutekunst has done a crazy job in the last couple of years of like really churning the bottom of that roster. And I think that's kind of what type of player we're looking at here. I think the fact that we just drafted Eric Stokes and um, Jean Charles to come on in, I think that helped, you know, make that decision maybe a little bit easier. Well, I think there was a rumor that uh, Green Bay's working out a uh, the Air Force yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. quarterback. Hammond. And so, yeah, so maybe there's now the fact that Rodgers is officially a no-show and they want maybe four arms instead of three at uh, OTAs or what have you. Maybe that's part it goes into that equation. But, you know, really at the end of the day, I think Goody does a really good job of churning the bottom end of that roster, knowing what he has, seeing what if he can kick up any you know, diamonds in the rough, if you will. And while that is that cornerback position is one of great need, both for this year and in the future, I feel confident that uh, he was not the answer we were looking for this season. You mean they I didn't mean, let him? They didn't let him go to sign Julio? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. For a breaking news. Breaking news yeah, that just happened. Yeah. I was hoping we'd get through this episode by not bringing up Julio Jones's name, and we <laughs> we we were just about thirty seconds from that. Uh, my my I quit. my take on Kavari Russell is. The fact that he was a little bit higher on that depth chart, I, I, I wasn't expecting to see his name get cut. Um, I thought that he flashed a little bit, but I do think that his uh, his release opens the door for some um, more focus at that quarterback position. Whether it is uh, this Air Force fella, uh, Hammond the third, and um, or if this has any sort of implications with um, number twelve. Uh, I was wondering if that's what uh, your point of view was with mm. all of that. So, like I said, everything that's happening right now, I'm I'm sort of getting a little. I know some people will think, okay, we can move on, but man, this is the reigning MVP. Um, we are a damn good football team. And as we wrap up, I will say this: that uh, Will Brinson, NFL analyst, he did a Madden simulation with Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. And they ended up going to the Super Bowl five times and winning the Super Bowl once. So that's the fun of the offseason is just uh, it's it's all hope and um, all butterflies, unicorns, and pixie dust. But with that, as we bid adieu, any last words before we start focusing more on OTAs? We have organized team activities that will be on May 24th and the 25th and the 27th, plus June 1st, 2nd, 4th, 14th, 15th, and then concluding on the seventeenth, but any last words? No, man. I think uh, I th- I think we we can book it now. You know, Madden simulations are pretty much gospel <laughs> around here, right? So, Jordan Love Super Bowl MVP confirmed. That's all I have to say. That was uh, I I wasn't uh, informed of that information about him actually being Super Bowl MVP. But hey, if we're you know being bummed out about uh, where the Packers and Aaron Rodgers uh, were at, I, I stumbled across that article and I got a little bit of a chuckle. Like uh, they'll they'll write anything now, and we decide to articulate it on this on this podcast. So anyway, I digress. Uh, Nebels Ken, it's always fun talking about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, another week of talking about Aaron Rodgers and something that I thought that we would not talk about, but it, it's becoming the headline of this off season and this new season. But once again, thank you so much for everyone that has tuned in. Um, look forward to having you back once again, week in, week out with all of us here. I'm Bryce Christensen. I'm Nebels. And I'm Ken Ingles. And this is the Unknown Packers Podcast.
Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Unknown Packers, as well as Facebook, Instagram, the Unknown Packers podcast. You can check us out on our website, theunknownpackers.com, and a variety of different podcast platforms as well. You can also say, hey, Alexa, play the Unknown Packers podcast. That's right. We're friends with Alexa. Go Pack Go. This podcast was edited and produced by Sonic Transformation. Sonic Transformation. Your sound, refined.